Want a fresh take on what's going on with the Saints, LSU, the betting world, and the NFL? Then you've picked the right place. Jim Derry has plenty of datitude, and he's ready to tell you the way it is. Well, the way he thinks it is. Where you at, New Orleans? And hello to all my friends around the country trying to figure out how to write with a rock and a chalk and a Jayhawk. Whatever the hell that means. Congratulations to our friends from Lawrence, Kansas, the Kansas Jayhawks. A 72 to 69 comeback win for the ages last night in the Caesar Superdome to win the NCAA championship in men's basketball. And I tell you, it was quite a weekend here in the Crescent City. Hello, everybody. I am Jim Derry, sports betting writer at the Times Picayune, the Advocate, and bet.nola.com. And this is Datitude, episode number 63 for a Tuesday, a special Tuesday edition on April the 5th, 2022. I got to spend uh, the weekend at the Dome. And uh, it had been a while since I've been to a Final Four. Uh, I think 20, let's see, God, I'm old. 28 years. 29 years. 29 years. See how quick I did that West Bank math, boys and girls? Just like that. I am on it today. Um, We're going to talk about the Saints a little bit in a minute. But I I obviously want to lead off with the basketball. Um. I've been privileged to cover a few Final Fours now. And, um, you know, I didn't think anything could top Chris Webber trying to call timeout in 93. And uh, I do feel start feeling old because yesterday on the uh, Bayou Bet Show, which was really at the book, we uh, Zach Ewing and I were at Harris yesterday to do the show. And the, the casino was buzzing. The city was buzzing. Driving, it took me 20 minutes to drive from Harris to the Dome. It was crazy. I mean, it was it was what you would expect. New Orleans, a championship town. Um, there is no better place. I don't care what anybody says. I know I'm biased and I don't care. There's no better place to host any championship in any sport anywhere than the Superdome. There just isn't. Um, and I've been to different championships. And, I mean, look, don't get me wrong. Being at the World Series for that Wrigley Field, for the Cubs to play their first World Series game in, I don't know, 70-some-odd years was pretty cool, 71 years. But, um, you know, you always expect something great to happen when there is a championship moment at the Dome. And last night was no different. I mean, uh, anyone who's listened to me over the past few weeks knew, knew I had a future bet on Duke and probably knew that I... Had a nice little hedge on North Carolina. So I knew Kansas was going to win last night. But I'm not sure I knew Kansas was going to win when they were trailing 40 to 25 at halftime. And and I will say this, that I I went up with – Zach and I did a live spot from Press Row at halftime. If you feel so inclined, you can go on our NOAA.com page and see that video that we did live. Um and I said it wasn't over. And I really believed it wasn't over. But at the same time, 
I'm not sure that I thought it was. Um, oh, let's say I don't look. I bet on it. Let's just say that. So Kansas was three and a half to one to win at halftime, down fifteen. Odds they're probably getting all kinds of crazy juice on there because really their odds had to be more like six to one, right? Even the fact that it had never happened that a team had come back from 16 down before and 15 at halftime. Biggest comeback in championship game history. But you had to feel like the Jayhawks were on a mission. That's what I said before the game, and I, and I felt that. They played like they were on a mission. North Carolina just tired out. And I said that Kansas needed to get it under double digits by about the 12-minute mark. Well, they did way better than that. They came shooting out of the gate from halftime. And look, Bill Self, to me, the coach of Kansas, he's got this air about him that I'm not real fond of, okay? I would be fond of it if he was the coach of my team. But this just air of arrogance. Again, if if he's your coach, you're happy with it. You like it. But just as a coach in general, you're like, "Ah, I don't know about this guy. And we're going to have some clips of him. Um... In the show, I actually talked to Danny Manning literally right after the game. I was standing in the the last, spent the last minute or so in the middle of the Kansas student section, which was pretty cool. Um, And it sounded a little like this, by the way. Recording doesn't do it justice. That was the last. That was the, literally the final four seconds uh, when the final shot went up in, in an air ball on a three-point attempt that would have had it gone in would have tied the score at seventy-two and would have gone into overtime. But uh, it was crazy. I, again, I got the, being in the student section. I, you know, I'm, I figured I'm gonna. I was trying to put some video up. I had some technical difficulties with my with my video editing software, um, I was exhausted. I'm like, you know what, it's, it's, it's not that important. So I'll try to put some stuff up later today. But um, I did get to talk to Danny Manning very briefly. He was on the side of the court. Uh, Paul Pierce was, was there as well. Um, Drew Gooden was there. Uh, it, it was pretty cool. But I actually talked to Danny Manning. Let's hear what he had to say. Because even a guy like Danny Manning... Arguably, and I, and I know there are others, obviously, way back in the day before my time. But arguably, at least in this semi-generation, that my son, who's 23, didn't know who Danny Manning was. But could be considered the greatest Kansas player of all time. Um, and I remember how old I am, uh, spending spring break, part of spring break, watching him play for Kansas in, in the Final Four. So that's how old I am. But uh, I got to, I was excited to get a chance to talk to him last night. He has a very short clip of what D- Danny Manning had to say. Danny Manning, just talk a little bit about what it feels like as an alum to, to have this moment for you. It's been 14 years. Well, obviously very, you know, happy to cut down this, be the last team standing. But always proud of the effort and energy that these guys bring and Coach Self teaches day in and day out. Extremely happy and extremely proud. Why is it so important for you to be here? It never leaves you. Thank you. Couldn't wait to get out there with that uh, confetti. Um, 
pretty cool. And again, Paul Pierce down there. Uh, I recorded some interview with him, but uh, I, I just wanted to share at least one, one piece of that moment. To be down there in that moment, and even at, at my age, and it, it's it's you you go through a career, you know. And I've spent a long time in this career, three decades now, and as a sports writer, and I and I've been I've been blessed to be at some pretty cool moments. Um, you know, I, I've been all sorts of different things, interviewed some big name people throughout my career. Um, one of the highlights probably in my career, uh, in 93, I got to go to the uh, UNO regional where they were playing Indiana and, and Bobby Knight was there. Uh, I wish we had the same kind of, <clears throat> you know, devices that we have today and I was able to record some of that stuff. I'd love to have that back. I don't know what I did with the recording of it, but Bobby Knight, uh, talking during the regional Indiana was the number one seed that was pretty cool then later on that just a couple weeks later the final four in New, or- in New Orleans and I got to talk to Dean Smith and like I actually talked to him asked him a question outside the the, the door there and uh, he talked to me for a few minutes uh, that same year I got to talk to Lute Olson when Arizona played UNO so I, I've had some interesting moments but you know it, 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 it never gets old to to be a part of something that's special. And they'll be talking about this this championship game for a long time. I don't you don't one thing is well, I think when you're covering it and I don't think you realize at the moment sometimes how important something is. Sometimes you do. But I don't really think last night in the in the in the moment of working, you're on deadline and you're doing different things and whatever and okay, you go do this, you go do that. Um <clears throat> And you're just doing something. Sometimes it hits. Like, I don't think anything really hit me all that much until maybe on the way home. Or, you know, sitting in the Kansas, um, in the can during the Kansas press conference and hearing some of the things they had to say. And they had some cool moments. Um, let's, let's hear for a moment. Let's hear what, what Kansas coach Bill Self had to say. And there's also a moment I'm going to play right after that where Christian Brown talks about um, how his team was down. Somebody asked him if he had ever been in this position before. Let's play Bill Self first, and then I'll come back and set up the Christian Brown moment. Uh, uh, I think we're probably all a little overwhelmed and spent. and uh, I don't know that I've ever had a team flip the script like we have probably in the NCAA tournament, uh, whether it be Miami in the Elite Eight or, or whether it be uh, this game. But, but uh, you know, be special to win regardless. Uh, but to win when your team had to fight and come back the way they did uh, uh, and show that much grit uh, makes this one uh, off the charts. I, I thought this would be good, and this is a heck of a lot better than I thought it would be. Uh, you know, and, and again, that air of, of arrogance or whatever it is, doesn't matter. Um, they earned it. Uh, the one thing I found, one moment I found interesting in this press conference, and I must have turned my recorder off before before uh, he said it, but he talks about, Bill Self does, about he asked his team at halftime, and, and this is what changed everything, I think. He asked his team... Which is harder, being down with nine with two minutes to go or being down 15 with, at halftime with 20 minutes to go? 
And it was a reference to the last time Kansas won the national title in 2008 when they were down with uh, two, two minutes and some change to beat Memphis. And the players unanimously said, well, it's obviously harder to come back from being nine down with two minutes left. And so then they realized this isn't that big of a deal. And then he talks about how, you know, I think it, it shocked him how quickly they cut the deficit down. 15 at halftime, and I think it was nine within a couple minutes. And he basically said, game on from there. And, I mean, I think that, you know, as crazy as it is, and I should have put more money on it. I really should have because the odds went down quick. Look, I got them plus 350 at halftime, but I think they went down. Once they cut it to nine, it went down to, like, plus 150 or 160. And I got to be honest, when they cut it to nine, I'm like, I don't know that I've ever said a team being down nine saying game over, they're going to win, unless Tom Brady was involved or Joe Montana was involved and it was football. But, I mean, I was pretty sure at that point that Kansas was going to win the game. Now, it turned out to be close. I kind of thought Kansas would have, was just going to go in this ridiculous 20-minute run and maybe win by 10. As it is, they only won by three, and they needed an air ball at the end that didn't go in. If it goes in, it's overtime. But just craziness. And my favorite quote of the entire post-game press conferences, without question, was from Christian Brown. Um, He didn't have as huge a game as as he probably would have liked to. But um, he's in the, the locker room at halftime. They're sitting there. And his teammate, David McCormick, who was huge last night, um, big man in the middle, doing his thing. He talks about how McCormick was smiling at him, and he doesn't get it. You got to hear it. And me, definitely, was looking at me, and I'm like, why are you smiling, dude? Like, we're down 15. Uh, he's telling me, like, man, like, keep your head up. Like, keep going. We'll be all right. We've been here before. And I'm like, man, I don't know if I've ever been here before. You know? <laughs> down 15 in national championship. I've definitely never been there. So, man, uh, but we're just proud of him. And, you know, he you know, he kept us going and then obviously uh, hit a really big shot. Fun times. I mean, th- those are the kind of moments that, you know, I will remember. And, uh it was, it was great to be a part of it. And then, obviously, on the other side, uh, tears of a different kind. You know, it, it's tough for North Carolina when you, when you, when you, when you're up 15, at, you just, two nights before, you beat Duke, you're an eight seed, people say you don't even belong here, and you're 20 minutes away from winning a national championship, and then it doesn't happen. I'm no North Carolina fan, and, and I mean, really, honestly, I'm, I'm usually able to separate my uh, personal feelings, even when I'm covering the Saints or LSU or whatever. Uh, I'm usually pretty good at being able to separate my feelings, and last night's no different. I mean, I didn't, um, I mean, I guess you're, you're thinking about the bet you made or whatever, but as far as, like, emotions of what, it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's hard to explain, but when you're working, it, they're easy to separate the emotions. But when you see kids, and it's the same way when I covered high school for so long, the things that would get me, not so much the tears of joy as much of the tears of, of sadness in a championship game. Um, and I just so happened to run into um, 
I did play-by-play for St. Paul's this year, who ended up bowing out in, in the Division One semifinals, and I ran into some of those those kids at the game last night uh, before the game started, which was a pretty cool moment. But I remember the tears of sadness more than I remember the tears of joy when you're covering stuff. And sometimes that gets you. And, you know, even though I don't know any of these North Carolina people, I don't know any of these kids. I've never covered any of these kids. Um, it was it was a sad moment. And it is one moment in particular when Caleb Lubb is, is, is asked a question about it and he you can't necessarily hear it in the clip, but I can tell you, just listen to this. And when he stops talking, it's because he put his head down and started crying. And the moderator immediately went on to someone else as to not embarrass him. That kid had nothing to be embarrassed about. It hurts for us to get this far and come up short like this, um, everything we went through. Um, but, you know, the positive thing is I wouldn't want to go through this with anybody else. Um, and he just dropped his head. I mean, those are the moments that get you, even as a reporter, because you're human. And, again, I don't know these kids at all. I, I've seen North Carolina play maybe five, six times this year. Um, but you can't help but feel for them. A wonderful Final Four. Uh, one thing I, I certainly enjoyed as well before I get to the Saints a little bit, and we're going to get to, never even mention this, but we're going to get to Uncle Big Nick in, in a moment. Um, he's going to talk about uh, Masters this weekend. Uh, and some say the greatest tournament of the year, the f- most fun tournament. You know, I think the pros look forward to it more than anyone else, um, for sure. And uh, we're going to get to that, and he's going to tell us how he looks at betting the Masters and some of the guys he likes and maybe help us win a couple bucks. But uh, finishing up with the NCA, I thought one of the really cool moments as well, there were obviously several, I've talked about them, but um, we talk about New Orleans and and the how we're so, so great at hosting championship games. What was the first thing that Bill Self said last night? He didn't say how happy he was about winning a national championship. Uh, he didn't talk about his players and, and single out anyone. He didn't talk about any of that stuff. He didn't say rock chalk Jayhawk. He said, I want to thank the city of New Orleans for a fantastic weekend. That, to me, says a whole lot. You don't hear Bill Belichick going up to the, the podium after he won a the Super Bowl and saying thanks to Miami or whatever, the city of Miami or wherever the Super Bowls that he played, however many he's won in his career. Uh, it was pretty cool that Bill Self would say that. And But you know what? Um, I think a lot of people said that. You know, I, I, I tried to spend a little time you know, I had a, a fairly long walk from my car to the dome, and I, I kind of enjoyed going through the crowd and walking down there and just seeing people just having a great time. And the line at Mother's yesterday, when I went to the uh, to Harris before the game, the line was probably forty five minutes or an hour long at Mother's. And then when I went into Harris, I was there about an hour early. Then I did the show, which lasted an hour. 
got in my car and started driving towards the dome, and the line at Mother's was still 45 minutes to an hour long. My wife's in the, in the food sales business having a great week because people come, they want to come to New Orleans. And it, it was wonderful. And I was, I was concerned. i got to be honest. Once Duke lost, I really I thought that maybe there would be fewer people there last night and that there would be a lot of empty seats. Nope. I know there were cheaper tickets to be had, but there were not a lot of open seats. That dome was packed last night. I think the official attendance was just shy of 70,000. I think it was 69.5. Um, so no record or anything, but uh, still pretty amazing. And if you were one of the lucky ones to have a ticket and be there last night, you witnessed something special, and I'm sure it's something that you won't forget. All right, we're going to move on here. Uh, and I do want to talk about the New Orleans Saints. And it's not often that uh, what happened with the Saints yesterday would take me 20 minutes to get into. And we were going to have Amy just on this morning, but she, had, we're going to have her on Friday. Um, and we're going to talk Friday uh, probably – 90% of what we talk about Friday will be the Saints. We will probably touch on the Pelicans, who are just one win away or one loss by San Antonio away from clinching a spot in the play-in game. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the the magic number is to be able to get that nine seed and host the game, but that is huge. And so the Pels play tonight a big game they need to win. They need to uh, get that nine seed so they can host that that playing game. It would be big not only for the franchise, but I think for the city as well. Uh, big deal um, to, to where they where they were uh, just a few months ago to where they are now. Willie Green has to earn some uh, consideration to get some coach of the year votes. We'll talk more about that on Friday. But the, the Saints move yesterday uh, talked a little bit about it on. <clears throat> on the Bayou Bet Show. And look, I'm assuming at this point that there are <clears throat> the Saints, in case you didn't hear, living under a rock. You've heard, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They traded the number 18 overall pick to the Philadelphia Eagles to move up two spots and get the 16th pick, the 19th pick in this year's draft. And they will also get a sixth rounder, I believe. And the Eagles get the Saints' first rounder this year. Um, and the first rounder next year. And um, hold on. Let, let, me, let me get this straight so I don't mess this up. They've traded their 18th overall pick, a third-round pick, at which is number 101, a seventh-round pick, which is number 237, next year's first-rounder, and a second-rounder the following year in 2024. Okay. To the Eagles for the number 16 pick, the number 19 pick, and the 194th pick. Here, here's my thing. Okay, I get what they're trying to do. Unless they have a specific player in mind that they're going to then trade these picks for, which I don't think so. I think they're actually going to stay where they are and most likely going to draft an offensive lineman and a wide receiver, and not necessarily in that order. And they felt it was important to have two picks in the first round this year. And Saints fans typing into, typing into the comments yesterday were all gung-ho. I, I think the Saints could do anything. Half the time, I think the Saints, they could trade a first-round pick for a seventh-round pick and some backup lineman. And, oh, great move. 
Sometimes who that's just they can't they just don't see things for what they are. I got called a homer last week because I because I said I thought Jameis was fine for this team. I think he's going to do well. I think the Saints over under expected win total of seven and a half is ridiculous. I think they're going to easily be better than seven and a half. So I got called a homer. So I guess I'll be back to Derry Downer here. I don't understand this trade. And here's the reason why. Even if it works out perfectly for you, the Eagles win. The Eagles are moving from 16 to 18. Okay? They're moving from 16 to 18, two spots. And, yeah, they're giving up a a first-rounder this year. But to get a first-rounder next year and a second-rounder the year after, to still be able to pick at 18, I, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Now, the Saints traded a third-round pick this year. It's not that big of a deal because they have compensatory picks. So that's, you know, whatever. And, again, I get what the Saints are trying to do. But they better hit. They better hit with this. They better get an offensive lineman that's going to start for 8 to 10 years. And they better get a wide receiver that is going to compliment Michael Thomas like he needs to be complimented. I'm not saying they won't. But it's a huge gamble for the Saints, and it's a no-brainer for the Eagles. So that's why whenever you're on the side of gamble and the other side's a no-brainer, it worries me. It could turn out to be a, a, a great. They, they might get starters that play a combined 10 to 15 years here. Maybe they will. But, uh, man, that that is uh, some serious... Serious risks there. The other two moves that the Saints made, uh, I like them. Saints get uh, former first-round pick Taco Charlton, defensive end. Played for the Pittsburgh Steelers last year, just in one season, but he was drafted by Dallas, and he only played two years there. He hasn't had a great career. He's been a disappointment, but he's only 27 years old. And um, I'm sure there there are no terms of the deal, but I think it's a, it's a no risk deal. Six six two seventy could come in here and and be an excellent backup, most likely. Something the Saints need depth on the defensive line. It's a good deal. Um, nothing wrong with that. And then. Uh, also yesterday, Saints just doing all kinds of stuff. All kinds of stuff going on yesterday. They find they signed uh, former Bucks safety Justin Evans to a one-year contract. Now Evans has missed the last two seasons recovering from injuries, but he's only 26 years old, um, and he was playing well for the Bucks. Maybe Jameis had something to do with him wanting to sign here, but again, another no-risk uh, pick there. Guy hasn't played in two years. Um, He is fully healthy, according to all-knowing Adam Schefter of ESPN. Second-round pick in 2017. Uh, He is from Wiggins, Mississippi, which is about an hour and a half drive from here. Um, So he'll be at home. Again, played with Jameis Winston, 
obviously on the other side of the ball. So Jameis knows him fairly well, I would assume. Uh, but again, a pick I like. And they need obviously need depth in the defensive backfield now that Malcolm Jenkins has signed elsewhere. So some moves for the Saints. Uh, I like the two signings. The trade, you're going to have to prove that one to me. A reach, maybe. I mean, again, I know a lot of you probably like the move. You know, a lot of people like, uh, let, me, let me have what I can have now, and we'll worry about what you have later. I'm not necessarily that way. Um, again, win now, sure. Is this going to help you win now? I don't know. Maybe don't, they don't like the linemen that are left in free agency and they're not willing to spend the money. And they'll just get a... It's worked out before. The Saints bring in linemen in the draft and they start right away. I mean, you look at the guys that are on this team. It took Toronto Armstead a little while to play. Um, he's gone now. Uh, and you look at some of the other guys that... Anders Pete started right away. Ryan Ramchek started right away. Eric McCoy started right away. Cesar Ruiz um, in there right away. So the Saints, though, they're all going to have to get some depth, even if they get a starting tackle in this draft. Uh, They're going to have to get some depth. So, again, I would expect the Saints to get a tackle and get a wide receiver in the first round of this draft. If it's anything other than that, I mean, there's been talk about possibly quarterback. First off, unless they trade up, I'm not sure they're going to get either one of the two quarterbacks in the first round that are going to be first-round picks. Um, And the only one I really like is Matt Corral, and uh, he'll be gone by then. Not only that, you sign Winston to a two-year deal. Again, I'm not going into the old Winston hater thing. That's not for today. But Jameis Winston's going to be your starting quarterback. Taysom Hill is going to be a starting tight end. And unless Jameis Winston gets hurt, he's going to be the starting quarterback. No ifs, ands, or buts. Zero chance Andy Dalton is the starting quarterback on opening day unless Jameis Winston either gets hurt or is not fully recovered. Neither of which is likely. 94% chance that Jameis Winston starts on opening day. Get it out of your head. He's a good quarterback. In fact, he's a very good quarterback. And if you don't agree with me, I don't care. How about that? How many of you have hit the the pause slash stop button? Oh, boy. All right, let's get into the Masters. Um, And uh, I don't know if it's my favorite golf tournament of the year. I'm a big fan of the TPC, which was already played. Um... But I have really, you know, I've always liked golf. Uh, I played a lot when I was younger. I don't have a lot of time to play now. But I think with the advent of betting, um, it is so much fun to bet on golf. And if you, if you guys have just, or ladies or guys or whatever, if, if for, for those of you that have just dabbled in, in the betting and played with the app a little bit or maybe going down to Harris or whatever, I'm telling you, I think golf is the most fun sport to bet on. If you have never bet on it, and here's what I love about it. With the odds that you get, even the favorites, okay? I'm not betting on John Rahm this week, which is 10 to 1. But I am betting on Justin Thomas. He's either, 
anywhere from 12 to 1 to 14 to 1. But even if you bet on a favorite, you can bet on like three favorites. Um, and if you win, hit on any of them, you're going to win decent money. I mean, now last week, I spread money around. I got lucky. J.J. Spawn, you never heard of him? Guess what? I'd never heard of him before last week either. And I follow golf. Um, but just going through, getting some tips. He was one of the guys that was on my tip list. So I ended up betting on, I think, seven or eight guys last week. Um, a total, I don't care, I'll tell you, a total of $78. I had the limit. I was betting too much on golf. So I, I won uh, big with Scotty Scheffler the day of the Super Bowl. And I hadn't won since then. I had won a couple top 20 bets or whatever, but nothing major. Um, so I've kind of cut down how much I've been betting on golf. But I bet $78 last week in four of them. Don't ask me why I bet $4. I should at least bet five. I don't know why I didn't bet five. But uh, I bet $4 on J.J. Spawn to win last week. 150 to 1, he hits. Nice little hit. But the, but I bet like eight guys between range between $30 and $3. That was my range. And I only had to hit one of them to win decent money. And I hit one. And it happened to be a long shot. It was one of the, probably the one that out of all the bets that I made, I'm like, I'll take that one. Um, call it lucky, whatever it is. You can bet live. You can watch the first day of the tournament and say, okay, um, my favorite kind of stunk today, but now he's got really good odds and he's only three shots back after day one. I'm going to bet on him. Um, his odds went from 14 to 1 to 22 to 1. Happens all the time. I love it. So I've had more fun betting golf than any other sport. And Uncle Big Nick, who's about to come on, has been on fire. And I mean on fire. He has hit six of the 13 tournaments this year. He's hit the winner. And again, if you hit one, really, if you bet in golf, and you, you bet six to eight or ten guys, as long as they're not all favorites, you only have to win once every three or four weeks to actually win money. So that's what I love about this, and it's a lot of fun. And and Uncle Big Nick again, he's hitting like every other week. He went on, I think he, I think he had a four week stretch where he had four in a row. Um, and so he's been doing a lot of studying. He spends he spends entire days studying. He's got a kind of job where he can afford to do that. Um, and so he knows what he's talking about, and you'll hear that when we get into it. Let's get into it. Masters betting, who do you like? Uncle Big Nick, can we make some picks today? Well, can we please? Welcoming into the Datitude Podcast, the hottest golf better on the planet. Maybe he's lucky. I don't know if that's true, but I mean, maybe he's a genius. Maybe, I don't probably know. the hottest golf better in Louisiana. <laughs> if I had yeah, to. probably at least that. I, I'd take that bet. Uncle Big Nick, um, who's becoming a star here. Uh, look, I just want you to know when you become like famous and you like forget your friends because you like you're, you're riding on yachts and, and jets and crap. Uh, just remember your friends at bet.nola.com. Oh, I remember you. I can't forget that little mermaid cup you always have in the morning. So, yeah, got it right here. Uh, 
you'll remember us. You just won't talk to us. <laughs> this is different. Yeah, I mean, what about I tell stories? I'm like, remember that time? Yeah. What about what about Dr. Dom? Are you gonna remember, are you gonna talk to him when you're rich and famous? Uh, I don't he's, know. He's, he's still not getting in, in his country rich. club. He's not famous, but yeah, he still ain't gonna invite me. Uh, I'll try if I get famous. I'll you know I'll get a membership to Augusta and won't invite him. How's that? That would be hilarious, but I don't think they let West Bankers in Augusta either. Uh, that's just what that's I, true. I'd have to change my address. Remember, you got to wear pants too. By the way, uh, poor, uh, who who was it this week that didn't wear that didn't wear pants? They had to like get rental pants. Did you see that this know. week? It was, yeah, I did. It was uh, it was this week. It might have been a drunk reporter that was asking. No, 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 no. It was a golfer. Yesterday. One of the golfers didn't know. Oh. He was a first timer, and he didn't realize he had to wear pants. He was wearing shorts, and they came up to the. So they even the pros they come up to him and say, uh, "Sir, uh, you're gonna need to put some pants on." <laughs> so anyway, even the pros got to wear pants. All right, we're gonna talk about the masses uh, first. Is Tiger playing? Yes. There's no way Tiger's not playing. Did you Ty- see the practice round yesterday? Or you were too busy with the with basketball? the basketball. Yeah. Did, did oh Tiger my god! Win? The practice round had more people watching him than I think is going to watch people play the regular rounds. It was ridiculous. It was like a regular round around him. All right. Well, here's the thing: as we get in, we're going to try to help. I, I guess people. Some people listen because they're just interested and they like they love the masses and they want to hear what we have to say in our predictions and our previews and whatever. Uh, and you're going to also be on um, the Fantasy Roundup show on bet.nola.com later with uh, Zach Ewing and uh, Spencer, the guru. Um, but um, the thing about the Masters is if anyone who's going to bet any money, uh, how do we tell them as nicely as possible, don't be an idiot and don't bet Tiger? I don't know because – I'm trying hard not to bet Tiger. I know because like, you you. I, I, I mean, I like I like Tiger a lot. You like love Tiger. You would leave your wife for Tiger if he let you. The bet the best thing to bet with Tiger to me is making the cut. I think he's making the cut. I don't. Um, I mean everybody, everybody's doing this narrative to where Tiger wouldn't play if he don't. You don't think he's gonna win? You don't blah, think blah, he's blah. gonna win? Right, but. I think him playing is already a win in his mind. I agree. After what he's been through with the car wreck, losing his almost losing his lane, like I, I him agree, just but teeing I, it up and playing is a win in right. Which le- which leads me to bet against him making the cut because I agree. I think to him just making it there is a win. Although I thought North Carolina seemed, making the national championship shoot, game was a win, and they almost won. So the cut's going to be plus four. Plus five because of the weather that's going to be there. I'll talk about that later. But Might be higher than that. The dude can, the dude can shoot seventy five at Augusta twice in his sleep. Like as long as he's standing on two legs, he's going to make no. You thinking of the tiger five, of, of old, not the old tiger? Is a difference. You're talking about a guy who hadn't played a competitive round in a year and a half since December. Okay, he looked really good with his son. I mean, he was that doesn't hard, count. But- Char- playing golf with Charlie doesn't count. He's not competing. It's a competitive round. They finished second. Uh, give me a break. Playing with Charlie doesn't count for a competitive round. Anyway, um, just don't. How about this? Just don't bet on Tiger. Just don't bet on Tiger. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to condone and, it or tell and, people. And to do anybody it, but else? I may. 
I, I get I get that he's Tiger Woods and all, but fifty to one, it, it, you could. And I'm not exaggerating. You could make Tiger three hundred and fifty to one, and I wouldn't put one dollar on. I know you would. No, I don't think he. I, I, I would, but I don't think he's going to win. I really don't. But people think that he's going to win, though. No, it, 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 making a cut and winning is two different things. All like right, I well, mean, we spent too much. He's got this be. little limp he's walking with right now, and I don't know if it's him just putting on for the cameras or if he's really got this big limp. But uh, it's just well, it will be it's fun. fascinating. Put it that way. I will say this: it will be fun. Um, Master starts Thursday, which is the same day as baseball starts. So we, we, you and I, and I, and I my ba- my huge baseball draft is Thursday night. So Thursday is going to be a big day for us. Um, and it, it is just in uh, one hell of a week in sports. And I tell you, I just want to get your thoughts real quick. I mean, look, as most people know, I spent the whole weekend at the, at the Final Four, and um, I, I think it is cool as hell. When the winning coach, the first thing he says with the confetti coming down is, I want to thank the city of New Orleans. So, I mean, that's pretty darn cool. I'm not a huge Big Self fan. It's, well, I think it's mostly because I sat next to Zach for three days, and Zach's a Mizzou grad and can't stand Kansas. And so that's probably part of it. But, well, well, you know, the city put on a, a great Great event. Um, it, the NCAA did a wonderful job, as they always do. But uh, it's quite a week. Final Four, start of baseball, Masters. I mean, really, it, it, it's hard to compare anything to that because, you. you t- I mean, we, we love the Super Bowl, and that's what we bet a, a whole blank ton of money on the Super Bowl. But as far as events go and jam-packed everything into one time, there really isn't much better than this week, is there? No, there isn't. I mean, yeah, you bring up the Super Bowl, but even before I could bet on golf, Masters Sunday has always been my favorite Sunday in sports. Yeah. Like, it's just the ambiance, everything. It's just, it seems like it's always close. There's always something happening to where somebody blows a lead, somebody comes back. It's just, I mean, for for me, it's just my favorite. So I don't leave the, I don't leave my recliner on that Sunday. Well, we we got we have a as usual a jam packed feel at the Masters, um, but when you approach going into who might be able to win, um, other favorites that other big name people that I, we maybe we don't think ha- have that much of a chance. Um, wh- what are you looking for when you're trying to decide who 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 has a chance to win this thing? Well, with any golf tournament, the first thing I do is look at weather, where they're playing, to see what the weather's going to be like, winds, which way the winds are blowing, stuff like that. I mean, most weeks I know the weather that where the golfers are playing more than I know the weather here. Because people ask me, oh, they got storms coming. I'm like, no, I, I don't, I didn't see any. Oh, you mean here? I, I don't know nothing about the weather here. Yeah, you don't watch local news. But no, but anyway, I mean, it, they had the most rain they've ever had in a decade at this course in March. So it's it's going to be wet. They, it's raining there today. It's going to rain for 12 hours before Thursday straight. So it's going to be wet. I think the best scoring days are going to be Thursday and Sunday. So, um, I mean, if we look at who's going to win this thing, I mean, I, I love JT. You know that. I mean, I made the biggest bet. I've made singular on one player. On Justin JT. Thomas, for those who, who don't watch enough golf to yeah. realize who we're talking about. There you go. 
Thank you. So, I mean, it, I mean, him at the players, it was windy on Saturday. He had the best round in the wind at the worst conditions in the in Sunday. So I'm not worried about him with the conditions. Talk about Tiger. This is Tiger's best friend. I mean, yeah. if Tiger don't win, what, what better way than JT winning? You know, I mean, it's just a story. I, I just, I just like him at this course. They didn't get he's, paired he's together, finished. did they? They will be. There ain't no doubt. If uh, Tiger par- plays, parents are not out yet. No, parents are not out oh, yet because okay. Tiger hasn't announced yet. Uh, so it'll probably come out tomorrow. But I mean, he's he started here like six times. I, I don't like people that I, I bet. I don't bet people at the Masters if it's their first or second start. Third start and more is where I go. Like, because the first time you're there, you you, you, just, you, you can't figure it out. I mean, the, the greens, everything's on a slope. Everything goes down a race creek. Like, it's just hard to figure out. The fact that Justin Thomas has bones on his bag for this tournament yeah. is really important. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. He helped, he helped your favorite golfer win three of these. I mean... Phil won three with bones. Don't so. don't go don't go to that to this. <laughs> I'm not. I don't even want. The, too the early fact, for that. The thought of him with a green jacket on just kind of makes me want to puke. It was already a long. But three way. of them too. Yeah. Well, I don't know. But he went so long without without any. JT finished fourth two years ago, and then last year he finished twenty first. He was in the running. They had a big long rain delay. He comes out the rain delay. I don't know. What happened during the rain delay? But he like quadruple bogey to Paul five right after the rain delay yeah. and just played himself right out of it. So I mean, snowman. I just I love even the pros can get a snowman on that scorecard. Yeah, but I get snowmen like it's wintertime. <laughs> <laughs> it's everywhere. They just get one or two every couple of years. You, you need to go to the golf course with like fifteen carrots for your for your snowman's yeah. nose. <laughs> All right, so we like we like JT. That's going to be our favorite pick, but. Um, give me some other, let's talk about maybe two other, fa- two other favorites. When I say favorites, people that are 20 to one or less, uh, in that ballpark. Um, I know going I like in Rory. Yeah, so do I, I was going to say Rory, I Rory mean, to, to me is probably, and, and he and JT are, are kind of similar. Rory hits it probably further than he, well, not probably Rory hits it further than JT does, but, um, I, I and like this course is going to play really, really long. Yeah, like you, you're going to want to pick long hitters at this course because you're not going to get any run out because of the way the fairways are and wet. And they added 35 yards to the course. The 7,500, I mean 7,500, 7,500 yard course is going to play like it's 78. So I mean, you, you want to pick long hitters and I mean uh, Rory's just there. And the best thing about Tiger playing. It's like Scott Van Pelt said, these other players can play nude and ain't nobody even going to know they're on the course. <laughs> so people like Rory, Justin Thomas, Spieth, like all the pressure is going to be off of them. Right. Nobody's going to ask Rory about completing a major grand slam. They were excellent if Tigers playing. Right. You know, so it's like they, they're under the That's radar. That's the best thing that can happen for those guys. Right, right. What it ain't the best the, thing that could happen if you want to watch it because that's all you're going to see is Tiger on the coverage. But what about your boy it, DeChambeau? It's good for them. I hate. Hey, he's not uh, healthy. <laughs> uh, I feel about him like you feel about Phil. So <laughs> I just <laughs> I want to go watch him at a tournament. I don't know if he's playing dessert because I'm going to dessert. 
Yeah. And when he tees off, I just want to yell, look out every time he tees <laughs> off with his driver. Like, instead of four right or four left, like they say every It would be time, worth getting like, kicked out. out. It would be worth getting kicked out of the out of the place, wouldn't it? Oh, God, yeah, because that's what I always say when, when he tees off at home. I'm yelling, look out. <laughs> Oh Lord! All right, well, all right. So we like Rory. We like JT. I kind of like Brooks too. Brooks is finally yeah, healthy at this yeah. course. Yeah, I mean it's it's a major. I mean, it's hard to not bet Brooks at majors. He's, he's looked a, well the last couple of tournaments. It's okay. Something tells me DJ is going to be up there in the mix. Dustin Johnson's going to be up there in the mix. Uh, I don't some, trust DJ. And you know what? I remember I told you a couple of months ago. I'm not betting on Xander Shoffley until he wins something. I lied. I'm putting money on Xander Shoffley in this thing. I, I, he's played there enough, and, he, and I look, I'm at least going to play him top 10. Um, he's played really well here, and this course, not that the Masters really suits anybody, but you need somebody, like you said, you need somebody who's played there a few times, and I think it kind of fits Shoffley's game. Yeah, it does. Um, I just don't trust Sander. I mean, well, you can't trust him. Uh, no, I know. I know. It, but you didn't trust it, Phil it, until Xander, he won his first one there either. And as much as it hurts, pains me to say, he'd always find Xander, a way to choke it off. He he wins like these weird tournaments to where it's like a field like this where it's a short field. The Olympics. I mean, I don't know. It it, it ain't a bad pick. I don't think. But I don't you don't him. you feel like that after he wins once he breaks through he's going to go on like this run, like Scheffler? I mean, uh, oh no, I, I mean, kind of like like Phil did. You know, Phil had this like I don't know. There's no I look as much as I dislike the dude, and I'm I'll get into that on another podcast why I dislike him. But as much as I dislike the dude, people that aren't old enough to remember, I mean, and most of the people that listen to this, I'm sure, are old enough to remember, but. But Phil went through a long stretch where he had trouble breaking through, especially at Augusta. And then once he broke through and then stopped choking and realized, hey, I really can win this thing, then he went on a run and started winning some majors, um, which kind of solidified his Hall of Fame status. But I'm not saying Xander Shoffley is going to be Phil Mickelson, but I feel like he's he's had so many Sundays where he's just – choked from on holes 14 through 18. I don't know what it is, but I got a feeling that once he breaks through and wins a major, he's going to go on and start winning like two, three tournaments a year with at least one or two majors in there. I agree with you. I just don't think the Masters is a tournament that he's going to win. Yeah, maybe not, not this one. I don't think he's long enough. I mean, like I said, I, I don't That's think short players <laughs> – I don't think short players cannot compete here. Yeah. In this tournament and today, like the, the way it's going to be. But would you rather, to do a baseball analogy, because baseball is starting, would you rather somebody starting on second or somebody starting on first? Neither. Basically what I, what I feel like on this tournament. Don't get me like, started with that stupid rule. No, I'm, I'm, no, I'm not yeah. talking about the rule. I'm just talking about oh, you rather lead off okay, double or lead off single. Yeah. You know I what I mean? You. Depends like on the who. People that are going to hit 300 yards, you're starting on second. People that are hitting – 270 yards, that, that's a big difference. In, well, if you had a baseball 300 yards, that'd be quite a feat. They'd put you on sports center. Yeah, a little bit. All yeah. right. Okay, so we got our semi-favorites uh, favorites and semi-favorites out of the way. Who do we like um, maybe that's in the 20, 
25 to one to like 60 to one. Cause we're not putting any money. If you're, if you're over 60 to one, well, I say we, but I don't, uh, I don't encourage putting any money on anybody over 60 to one. So let's who do you like that in the 25 to 60 range? Um, I really, really like Neiman. He won at Riviera. Riviera was a good comp course. Yeah. And he, he, I mean, he kicked butt at Riviera. So I think he's long enough. I think he's, he's playing well enough with his long irons to where he can, he can do this, you know? Um, Shane Lowry. I like him too with the weather predictions, the wind. I like him because he looks uh, like he's me. been playing well. Huh? Shane Lowry looks like me. That's why I like him. Yeah. Yeah, he does. He's got a little beard cut. It's perfect. <laughs> exactly. All right. And, uh, what about um, what about the? We talked about Bryson a little bit, and uh, we don't know how well how well he is. But there there could be some bargains in there around the thirty five to forty to one range. Some guys that makes me wonder why they're that low. I'm so tired of losing money on picking these guys that yeah, I just I pick them because I say, "Oh, look at the odds." There's no way I can not bet that. Right. Uh, the good thing about golf betting is you can bet it live. So you can watch the first round, see how he's playing, and then go from there. That's, that's I do that a lot. Like I'll bet Friday and Saturday more than I bet on Wednesday. You know, so right. I mean I, I just monitor the situation, see how these guys that are playing with nagging injuries, see how they they doing. You know. What about a guy like? Okay, so everybody's talking a lot about Sam Burns, and we know he hasn't played there before. So obviously that's going to affect him, but you got the LSU fans out there that are going to want to bet him. But thirty-five to one is worth a couple bucks on him. It is if you want to throw away a couple bucks. Like I don't, I don't think he's winning here. I mean, nobody has won here since before I was born. Their first time. I mean, so I mean, it, I I can't do it. I can't throw the money on him. All right, well, let's see what he is to to make the top twenty. Sam Birds is plus one forty. I don't think it's worth it. No, still not worth it, huh? No. All right, well. All right, so JT is your guy. Go ahead. I got a couple of long shots I like. Okay, you got it. Okay. You you are. I like Peters. I know you like Peters. I do like Peters. He came through for me a couple weeks ago. He's plus 9,000 on seasons. I mean, he's like I said, he fits the bill for what the weather is going to be like and how this course is going to play. Played really well at the match play. Right. And I also like somebody. I like Siwoo. I mean, he's plus 65. Siwoo Kim, my boy Siwoo. Yeah. I love Siwoo. He finished 12th last year, and he broke his putter on, like, hole eight, just like all of us would do if we kept missing putts. And he had to right. putt with, like, a five-wood the rest of the tournament and still finished 12th. It was ridiculous. So, a, I mean, it's just. What about Seamus? I don't like Seamus here. I, I, I like, it's weird. I like him in DraftKings. He's going to be low-owned, so it's worth a shot there. And the yeah, I'll put him in one lineups. of my lineups. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of like him first round, but I don't like him to compete for four days. What about Taylor Gooch at 100-1? to 1? I like Gooch a lot for lineups because the way his price and the way it is, it's a lot of people are not going to – pick him because it's, they could think his price is too high, but he, he hits the ball over 300. I, I don't, I don't mind him in a DraftKings lineup. My DraftKings lineups is going to be different than 
who I picked to win. So, right. Well, I, I'm going to tell you, and there is one guy I'm going to bet that is that is over that sixty to one range. But I'm not. I mean, I won't put much. I'll do like I did with with Spawn last week and put like four dollars on that you gave me grief over. Don't bring that up. Uh, but I like Tom Hoagie at 125 to one. I love Hoagie, but it's been playing so bad. Well, he's only been playing like, bad the been, last couple of weeks. Yeah, he's he's been playing terrible. So I, maybe he's got his I mind on the Masters. Could be, and, and us a great Twitter follow is Charlie Hoagie, who's his dad. It's awesome. Uh-huh. He tweets the whole time during during rounds about him. It's funny. I was but, gonna say, um, let me guess, he likes him. Yeah, I, I said I was gonna bet Hoagie top twenty at every major, so I will do that. As far as winning, not sure. Right, I like so. a guy like Paul Casey, but he's another one that I got. I got see him in one of my lineups. He, I got to see how he plays after the first round or so to see if his back's okay. You know. Okay. So that's another one I'm looking at, but I got a list of people I look at. But I, I, Hoagie's Hoagie, Hoagie's plus three fifty to make the top twenty, so that's not a bad bet. Yeah, see, I love that. I mean, that's great value there. All right, well, we'll, we'll do that. All right, Uncle Big Nick, uh, I know you're going to be on again. You're going to be on uh, the fantasy show later this afternoon on bet.noah.com. You can catch it uh, either live at three thirty p.m. on bet.noah.com or on demand, and I'm sure we'll be talking again. Well, we'll be talking again later this afternoon, I'm sure. But as far as on the air, we'll be talking again soon. That's fun. Are we going to talk about my record on there? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Talk about your record. I forgot Six out that. of 15. Six it's out of beautiful. 15. I mean, that, people don't realize how good that is. No, is. I realize how good that is, picking six winners out of 15 tournaments. Now, I realize you bet yeah. on like half the field. So. But that's the thing. That's why golf betting is so great. I could be wrong nine times and still win money. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's like it's beautiful. That's why it's the best. You can't pick nine bad football games and still win a lot of money because the tenth one won. You still got to bet it right because I can tell you what I've been losing, and I, I don't care. I'm just gonna say it. I've been losing my ass before this past week. I went through a six-week dry spell where I'm like, I got to stop betting on golf. Hence the reason why I only bet $4 on J.J. Spawn because I put myself on a limit. The first week that I put myself on a limit, a guy I bet on that's 150 to 1 hits. And I only bet yes. $4 on that's, that's how this. That's how this always happens. I, I know. And you know what? Uh, it's the Masters, so I'll probably bet more. But my limit's only increasing a little bit. and I'm sure the guy I, I bet on I, this week, I'll I'm, probably bet $2 on. I had J.J. At one ten to one ten, not one fifty, and then I bet him Friday and Saturday. I bet him Friday at uh, thirty six hundred, and then Saturday at fifty six hundred. Well, that's why you gotta like. Uh, I know you only use uh, DraftKings book, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, you gotta sign up for like four different books so you can get a better price. You gotta shop. Well, around. I, I use Caesars. I, Caesars and DraftKings are the two things. I will, I suggest, and, I, and this is a lesson for everybody out there, who the, peop, the, the three people that are still listening right now, including you, Ms. Iris, thank you, um, <laughs> is I, I, you need to shop around. I think you need to have at least four because I, I did some shopping last night for the National Championship game, and the odds were different all over the place. I had, I had get, uh, bets on the game last night at three different places at, with three different numbers, and the two I bet on Kansas ended up working out for me, but um, overall I won money last night too, but you got to shop around, shop around. 
That's yeah, the name. The best thing about the reason why I use DraftKings so much is because the fantasy and the sports world yeah, yeah. are linked. So I mean, you do that with FanDuel too. For me. I just yeah, signed up for FanDuel yesterday. FanDuel has been the odds on that is crazy. For golf, they're usually pretty good. Yeah. But I, yeah, in for fact, golf, they're pretty good. Anyone that wants a FanDuel, you get $50, I get $50 if you sign up for FanDuel. Although I'm, I guess technically Caesars people might get pissed off at me for saying that. Caesars <laughs> too. I'll send you a Caesars link too. If you want to if you, if you want to sign up, send me an email, jdarrytheadvocate.com, and I'll be happy to send you a link. And we, we can both make money. All right, Uncle Big Nick, uh, we will talk to you soon. Enjoy the show. Right, and tell I'll see you later, Caesars. Make sure you give those idiots the business for me. Oh, you're not going to be on it? No, I'm not on today. I'm taking the rest of the day off after that, too. Oh, wow. Who, who's going to roll their eyes at me? <laughs> I'll do it while I'm watching it live. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to you later. I'm good at rolling my eyes. Whether I'm on the show or off the show, doesn't make a difference. Go ahead, email me, at jderryattheadvocate.com. I'll probably roll my eyes at you. Tweet me at Jim Derry Jr. Maybe I'll send you a rolling eyes emoji. I got it from my wife. No one rolls their eyes better than Andrea and Selmo Derry. And she has helped me become a pro at it. You can be a pro too. All right, that is going to about wrap up the show. It's been a fun weekend. Um, this is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Final four, running into the start of baseball season, running into the Masters. My son's getting married next weekend, the day before Easter. It is a fun time around here. I am enjoying it. I hope you're enjoying the sports world. I hope you're enjoying this podcast. Episode 63. We've made it this far. Not going to stop now. We will be back Friday uh, and probably talking a lot of Saints. We're going to have on Amy Just, our own Amy Just here at the Times Picayune. She was out covering the Final Four herself all weekend. A Kansas alum. She is in her glory right now, Amy Just. So I'm sure she'll still be uh, happy by then. Um, and we'll talk, again, we'll talk a lot about the Saints, the moves that they made, the moves that potentially they will make, what she thinks about the big trade, who she thinks they may be looking at uh, in the first round of this draft, assuming they hold on to those picks. And, um... You know, we'll just continue on. It's almost draft time. We're only a few weeks away. And I think we're only a few weeks away from finding out the Saints schedule. So a lot to talk about over the next few weeks. Um, It's hard to believe, but things roll on, man. They roll on. It's been two months since the Super Bowl. And once the draft gets going, man, things start ramping up with football. And then guess what? Next week, the New Orleans Breakers. Start playing in the USFL, the United States football. If you haven't heard, the New Orleans Breakers, they'll be playing all their games in Birmingham, um, as will all the other teams. But uh, we're still going to talk about them, and I think we're going to bring on our friend D-Squared next weekend and kind of talk about the USFL. That's coming up soon. Exciting times in here in New Orleans, just like last night. And you know what? We're going to wrap up this show the same way we wrapped up the, uh, the last show we did on Friday. How can you not wrap it up? With anything other than one shiny moment, right? I can never get enough of that song. The sad part is I was so tired when I got home, I did not get a chance to watch it. I have it on DVR. I will watch it shortly. But 
we're still going to leave you with Luther singing one shining moment. We will see you on Friday with Amy Just. Have a great week, boys and girls. Peace and love, my friends. The time is short and the road is long in the blinking of an eye. That moment's gone and when it's done, win or lose, you always need your best because inside you knew